How's everyone today? Uh, yeah. No, I'm going to go real fast today. We're going to get through all 12 pages of notes fast. But we did a whole bunch of them last week. But what I did is I, I wanted to kind of give them to you structured because I think I was all over the place last week. So I got some overheads so that you can see what we talked about. Um, my wife, Brenda, she missed the first 10 minutes last week because she was at Sunday school. So she, uh, she played me back on, online at our website, and I didn't know it was me. I sound terrible. My voice, I, I, I feel sorry for you having to listen to that, my voice. It's like, oh my goodness. It was like, whatever that guy is saying, it's really good, but the voice. <laughs> uh, so we, we're, we're talking about living above the noise. How many of you have utilized some of the of what we've been talking about. I, I, studying is amazing as I've, I've, as I've been studying, just, and, and listening to Pastor David the first two weeks is amazing and great, um, a great subject. We uh, started in, in uh, 1 Samuel. The other thing is, I'm going to try to stay right here as much as possible. I got in trouble last week from the guy doing the camera because I walk all over the place and I go off the stage and I go into different lighting down there and, and the focus was in and out. So I'm, I'm going to try to stay up here and stick to my notes and have us out of here in about uh, 45 minutes. Okay, you want an hour? Okay. How about hour and 20? Can I, hour and 20? Nobody, nobody give me. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> the hockey game doesn't start till five. All right. Um, Faith, how are you doing there with the overheads? Are, are we good? All right, what's the first one? Where do I start? Look at that. Noise is sound. Now, I, I don't have it in my notes, but you know what? We all have noise in our life. We can't get away from noise. Um, but there are some of the other words that sound hubbub, clamor, racket, uproar. And then, okay, so sound is, uh, noise is sound that is loud, it's unpleasant, harsh, sound that causes a disturbance or confusion. And so I wanted to, just refresh ourselves real quick. Next, next slide. The process. We went through the process of our enemy. We saw in 1 Samuel 17, 1, how the Philistines, they came onto the territory of Judah. They invaded. We, we, we want the kingdom of heaven to invade our lives. And we, we, we use the Lord's Prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We want 
the kingdom of God to invade our lives. But the enemy, and in this case in Samuel, it's the Philistines, they intruded on and they invaded upon the land of, the, of Judah. Now, I don't know what my next slide is. He tries to come into your territory. Next. He intrudes. Number one, he intrudes. So we see in the first verse there in Samuel that they gathered. They came and they, they just kind of gathered. And about five words later, it says they pitched their tents. So the second slide. Next slide. They, he stays. This is what noise wants to do in your life. First, it kind of tests the water to see how acceptable your territory is. Then he'll stay. Then he establishes himself. That's, if we tolerate noise, pretty soon it starts establishing it. And finally, it becomes a stronghold. Now, a stronghold is something, first of all, that's strong. It's powerful. It's not easy to get rid of. A stronghold in your life is some, maybe you have issues with anger. Maybe you, maybe you have issues with lying. Maybe you have issues with certain temptations in your life. Well, that becomes strong in your life. And the second half of the word is hold. It takes a hold of you. It grips you. You can't just kind of shake to get rid of it. It's got a grip on you. That's a stronghold in your life. Some of the words I wrote down for stronghold are habits. Habits are something that you've allowed to linger. Then it establishes itself in your life. All of a sudden, it starts taking a root in your life. And then it becomes a stronghold. Issues. We like to say, oh, that person's got issues. Maybe a disorder. A compulsion. Sometimes we like to, to oh, that's just how I was born. No, sometimes it's stuff that we've allowed to take root in our life. And the last word, I don't know if I even put up there. No, it's addictions. Addictions, they are strongholds in your life. And so in this story of David and Goliath, I called it the pre-fight last week because this is, this is the, the lead up to David coming. We see the Philistines, we see all this noise coming against the children of Israel. John chapter 10 verse 10 says the thief comes. What does he want to do? Steal, to kill, and destroy. And we see the strength of that building. He first comes you got a call on your life. You have an assignment God wants you to do. The enemy will come, and he'll steal some passion from you. Take some of that joy out of what God's calling you into. He steals. His desire is to kill the passion. He wants to kill it. 
Not only just steal a little bit of your joy and a little bit of passion, but kill the assignment. And finally, to completely destroy. The word destroy there means to basically plow over. To when, when one enemy would destroy another enemy's city, they would knock the buildings down and then they would dig and they would bury so that the, nothing even remained. And that is what, that is the process of noise in our life. It wants to kind of intrude, and if it finds a resting place, it establishes itself, and it takes root and becomes a stronghold in your life. Here are some of the tactics. Real quickly, we saw the three different names of the cities, Shoko, Azeka, and Ephesdamin. And I don't know if we built a... But first, the, the noise wants to f make you feel fenced in. That was Soko. Second, Azeka means plowed over. Make you feel beat up. That's what noise does. That's what noise does in our lives. Makes you feel fenced in. Like there's no options. Then it makes you want to broken up plowed over, and finally makes, takes you to the end of the line. The third one, F, F as the mean, means at the edge, at the end. If we allow the noise to continue, it completely takes over, makes you feel, what's the use? And it takes you right to the edge of your limit. End of the line. How many of you have ever felt like, man, I've just reached my limit? Reached my limit. That's what noise. We saw the tactics of Goliath. First of all, he was impressive. Just the size of him. Then his verbal assault. He tells them, why have you even bothered coming out? The odds. You feel like the odds are just all stacked against you. I don't even know where I'm at. Where are we at here? A faith with our... I want to go just a little deeper this morning. I know I, I touched on some of these, but I want to look at the, the results that happened to the children of Israel. And I, I put it, uh, yeah, just keep going through these. I have on my notes, I, I put the results. And then in brackets, potential. Because this does not have to be the result in your life. Amen? God, God created us to be more than conquerors. God created us so that we could do all things through him. Through Christ that strengthens us. 
created us to be like David in this story. I put in brackets potential because this does not have to be what happens in your life. First, we see in verse 11 that they became dismayed. Dismayed means to be broken down by fear, to be shattered. If you allow the noise to continue, it will break you down. And it literally, have you ever heard the phrase, he was so scared his knees were knocking? This is the type of fear that Goliath and the Philistines put into the children of Israel. They were so fearful, they were shaking, and they were literally broken down in their spirit. And second, it says they were greatly afraid, verse 11. It means to be terrified. Terrified to the point of being petrified. Petrified is a point in time where you can't even think. You are so overwhelmed that it paralyzes you. And that's what noise will do to you if you allow it to overwhelm you to the point where you can't even think of the next thing to do. Let's go to the next slide. This is, this is what happens. We have noise in our life. Noise, if it's not managed properly. I'm going to get into four different ways we can manage noise. It becomes fear. Fear becomes panic. Panic turns into confusion. Confusion shakes you, and you become shattered. God does not want you to live that kind of life. That is not the... Jesus, in the second half of the Scripture verse in John 10.10, says, I have come... So that you can have life. Order. Life is order. When God created, he created in an orderly fashion. He gives us life. He wants us to have order in our lives. Sanity in our lives. Peace. Righteousness. Peace. Joy. That is what he's calling us to. And he wants us to have that in abundance. This is not the process that God has in mind for our lives. But what happens is we get overwhelmed by the noise. And then we see the first error. I want to talk about four errors that I see in, in Samuel chapter 17. Is The first thing is they forgot God. If you read most of the passages where Philistines or the Amalekites or one of the other enemies came, we see the king or the prophet or the judge, 
they turn to God and say, God, what do you want us to do? And God will say, go up and fight them. No, sit back and just wait. In another instance that I was reading a little further, it says, David, God tells David, no, don't go up to them and meet them, but I want you to go around the side. And when you hear the noise in the, the wind in the trees, then you attack them. But here, the noise comes and rests on their territory, and they forget God. That is what noise will do in your life. It'll make you forget everything you learned. Confusion comes, and you're so busy dealing with the issues that are at hand, you forget God. Forget everything that we learned. We, instead of seeing God, we see the circumstance. We see the confusion. We hear the clatter. We forgot what God can do. The Israelites had an incredible heritage of God moving for them. They forgot their past. They forgot the, the altars that they would build, the altars of victory, the altars of memorial, the landmarks. They would set up, God would have them set up so that it would remind them of the tremendous victories that the Heavenly Father did on their behalf. But the noise comes in and it rushes in and all that goes aside. We just forget we forget. Is there another slide? Just keep popping them up there. We forget what we have learned. Second thing that we see is they tolerated. They tolerated the noise. In verse 16, 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 16. And the Philistine drew near Goliath morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. What's the next slide there, Faith? Now, last week I mentioned 40 days. It's long enough to build a habit. They say to break a habit, I think, is, is it 21 days? I forget the exact number. But usually about a month. Here they allowed the noise to continue for 40 days. They tolerated. What you tolerate, what happens to it in your life? You live with it and it gets bigger. It actually grows. What was happening to Goliath? He was getting more confident every day. It, if, you, if you read the story, there's a part, that it talks about how he would come out of the Philistine camp. Philistines on one side of the mountain, of the valley, on a mountainside, Israelites on the other. And he would come out of the camp of the Philistines, and he would yell. About four verses later, it talks about Goliath starting to come up the hill of the Philistine, I mean of the Israelites. 
He got more confident. It allowed it to grow. What you tolerate, it gets bigger and it grows. Next one. It gets even more established. It actually puts down roots and gets stronger. If you allow the noise to continue, it starts putting down roots. You are going to put roots down one way or another. It happens. You're either going to put godly roots that manifest in godly fruit, or you're going to allow the noise to overwhelm you, and the noise puts down roots. And once that noise, whatever it is you're tolerating, puts down roots, it gets harder to remove. I sometimes, not very often, pull weeds around my house. There's a point in time where you can go to a weed and just pull it. And it comes out, and it's got, you know, roots about this big. You wait about two months, and you're needing a shovel to to dig about six inches away from the plant, and you got to put the shovel in six inches, pop up the root, and pull the rest of the root. And you pull it out, and it's about eight inches of root because you've tolerated it. And then there's the root where you have to get a truck attached to a chain or a cable, and you're pulling out a tree. But if you tolerate something, it's going to put down its roots and it's going to grow and it takes much more effort, much more time, much more of your energy. And here was the second error. They tolerated Goliath. Third, I... I I wanted to come up with some cool names. Assimilation. Assimilation. They began to take the words of Goliath and incorporate them into their language, their manner of speaking. In verse 28, this is Eliab. How many of you remember Eliab? He was the first brother. Samuel, chapter 16, the chapter head of this one. Samuel comes to Jesse to make sacrifice and to anoint the next king. He doesn't make his intentions fully known. But he sees Eliab coming forward. And that's the one. That's what Samuel looked at the outward appearance of Eliab and said, whoa, we found our next king. And God said, no. And an amazing passage. God says, man looks on the outward appearance, 
But God looks to the, the heart. Passed by all of David's older brothers. But the first one that got passed by was Eliab. Now, I don't know how many months, weeks, years passed by between David being anointed. But I can imagine Eliab. How did he feel about being passed over? Back in in those days, the firstborn was it. You see it throughout Scripture. Sometimes God would get involved and do a switcheroo. Jacob calls in Joseph, the second in command, and says, bring me your sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. I'm about to pass on, Jacob says, and I want to bless them. Do you know what Jacob did? He's, he's about to pray. And God put something in his heart. He switched his hands. The right hand was supposed to get the stronger blessing. He switched them around. Joseph had arranged the boys to get the right hand put on the right head. Jacob switched them. Sometimes God will switch things out. This is what he did in this case. So Eliab has months of dwelling. Months of root growing. And so when David appears on the scene of the battle, he is excited. He's bringing blessings and greetings from his father, Jesse, and this is what Eliab says. Why comest thou down hither? What did Goliath say? Why have you bothered to come out to fight? We see Eliab completely overwhelmed by the noise by the bitterness, and he's spewing out exactly the words of Goliath. He had assimilated the noise. He listened to Goliath for so long, he began to sound like him. Second line, where did you leave those few sheep? You, nothing like sticking the dagger in and then Twisting it a little bit. Now, I know he's a brother. You know, that kind of thing happens. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but they're in a battle. They have a, a common enemy. They have someone, you know, they're usually brothers band together when there's a, a common enemy. But here we have Eliab sounding exactly like Goliath. He allowed the noise to contaminate his spirit. 
The Israelite army had allowed 40 days and they assimilated. He tried to make David feel insignificant, tried to humiliate him, tried to make him feel small, exactly what Goliath was doing to him. He says, I know your pride. That's the third line. Well, the chapter before, it says God knew David's heart. And that's why he was selected to be the next king. God knows the heart. So here is now Eliab attacking him. Doesn't even know what he's talking about. It was his heart that God passed over. And now he's sitting there accusing his brother. Trying to make him look soft. I know the naughtiness of your heart. The evil of your heart. It's God's chosen man. But he became so bitter. So contaminated by the noise. He allowed it to overwhelm him. To control him. He assimilated the noise into his life. Next slide. Next we see emotionalism. Verse 20. And David, he rose up that one morning early. He came down to visit his brothers and to visit the armies. And when he came to the trenches, verse 20, the, the second half of verse 20, when he came to the to the trenches, as the host, as the army was going forth to fight, there was shouting for battle. Raw, raw, let's go, let's go out there, let's go destroy some enemies. Raw, raw. And they were trying to pump themselves up. Emotionalism, trying to get themselves worked up. Verse 21 says, as soon as they heard Goliath, they ran. Emotionalism will make you want to, oh, let's try praying for a week. See how that works. Oh, this noise is so overwhelming. I think I'll read one of my chapters in the Bible today. And we try to work it up. We, oh, wow, I want to prosper next year. I think I'll tithe for the next three Sundays. And we allow this emotional, I'll give it a try. And this is what the army would, was doing in the morning when David, they were just, their battle cry, let's get ready, let's go, let's go do some damage. Let's go kill us a few Philistines this morning. And as soon as they saw Goliath, they ran. Why? Because it was all built on emotion, not on roots. There was no root there. What was the root that was building? Fear. They had allowed fear to take root. They had allowed confusion to set in. They had allowed fear and panic to set in. And that was the root system that was building. So they're, they're trying to rah, rah, rah it up. 
And as soon as they get out there and they see Goliath and they hear that voice again, they cower, they run, they disappear. Sounds like a Sunday morning. Yes, yes, great word, great word. I'm going to read my Bible all week. Woo! Oh, man, I, I might even do two chapters every day this week. Woo! Can't wait out, you know, when I see this person, this is, you know, I'm going to share God's love with them. And we walk out the door and, boom! <laughs> the noise. And the, we, for, we forget what happened on Sunday morning. We forget God. We forget what we learned. The old weeds start showing up. And we're right back. Emotionalism sets in. As soon as they heard Goliath, they were overwhelmed by the noise again. And they ran. They ran. But David shows up. But David shows up. Oh, my. I got to go real fast. Why was David so different? David arrived on the scene with a totally different perspective. Why, did his pers why was his perspective so different? He was looking at the same circumstances. The same Goliath. It wasn't like a miniature Goliath. It wasn't like a squeaky mouse. This was Goliath. This was the guy. And David cuts up there and all the guys are rawing, rah, rah, rah. And David's with them and all of a sudden Goliath speaks and they all run. And David's like, who is this Philistine? He had a completely different perspective. I mentioned last week, the first three times we see David mentioned in the Bible, he's out tending his father's sheep. He gets called in. He gets anointed by the prophet, the number one guy in the land. The one that hears the most accurately from God. He gets anointed by Samuel. And where does he go? Back to tending the sheep. The second instance, Saul is being tormented, terrified, panic attacks, and they call David in from the sheep to play soothing music, to worship, to settle Saul's spirit. They had to go find him because he was tending the sheep. Number three is this story, chapter 17. Jesse, his father, calls him in from tending the sheep to be a delivery boy. I want to give you four things. Tending the sheep. Do we have them? Number one. Keeps me focused here. It's a place of peace and rest in God's presence. Away from the noise. 
There are several times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John when you're reading the stories of Jesus. It talks about him getting away to pray, getting away into the mountains, taking himself aside. We need to have a place away from the noise. I love bike riding. It's great exercise, but there's no noise. There's no noise. And for an hour every morning, no noise. I'm getting my exercise. No noise. Refreshing myself. But at the same time, I'm talking to God. There's no one else to talk to. There's no noise. And you get to talk to God. You get to hear God. He speaks. He does. We get so busy. We get over so overwhelmed by noise. We have a hard time distinguishing what we're hearing. need to get away. You need to set aside. It is imperative. Your life depends on it. Your life depends on it. Nervous breakdowns. Why? Noise. And no getting away from the noise. Health issues. Not getting away from the noise. Sports, these athletes, if they get work too hard, their body breaks down. Why? Because there's no rest. So they take a game off or they take a week off. I can't remember where I heard the quote. If you don't take time away from the noise... you will be forced to take time away. It is imperative that you find a place. Make room in your schedule. If you have to get up an extra half hour early, you must do it. It has to happen. You need time for refreshment. Number two, it's a place of learning and training. Why was Goliath not such a big deal to David? Because oh, he did he did it in a lion and a bear. He was well versed in taking on an enemy that was bigger and stronger than him. But he had spent time learning and training. He learned the lay of the land. He knew where a wolf or a bear or a, a lion would come. He learned things. He was, he was training himself in this time of tending the sheep. It was not, it's not useless time. You, when you hear God's voice in your time of However, you, if you might find it in a gym. 
pumping some weights or whatever, riding a stationary bike. That's okay. It's away from the noise. But God will give you clues. God will give you tips. God will put a scripture verse in your mind, and it's like, whoa, wow, that's a simple. And what a, those are tips, and those are instructions for dealing with the noise. That's why it's so imperative to tend the sheep every once in a while. And I would suggest on a daily basis, try to fit something in because it feeds you. It gets into you. It's an alternative root system. We need an alternative root system. When panic sets in, what, what do people revert back to? What is the most common the least common denominator. They revert, panic, in confusion, and they just go into automatic pilot, autopilot. Well, if you don't have an alternative root system, guess where you're going back to? You're going back to the old addiction, the old substance. The old coping mechanism. I don't even have to name them. We all kind of know them. It's different for each one of us. Maybe some of us even have different coping. We go back to the old coping mechanism. If you've been tending the sheep, you will have a new coping mechanism. You need to develop a different root system. You need to develop a different coping mechanism. Number three, tending the sheep is a place of preparation. I know I've already said training and learning. But you will be, God will prepare you. You will learn. Preparation is something different. God will give you advanced warning. Advanced warning system. I don't even know where I've heard that term. Is that uh, Avengers or something? I don't know. <laughs> advanced warning system. We, we all laugh at the weathermen. Because their radar systems and their weather technology... Well, God will prepare you, will give you advanced warning, will put into your spirit maybe something that you're wondering, I don't know why that thought just came in or why I'm reading this passage of Scripture or why this story in the Bible is so amazing. And it's advanced warning system. God will build that into you as you tend the sheep. Advanced warning, preparation, David may, maybe didn't realize the significance of the lion and the bear. Oh, my. <laughs> okay. Lions, tigers, and bears? Okay. 
No, few of us are up on our uh, fairy tales. He probably didn't realize the significance of the lion and the bear until he sees Goliath. It's amazing when he walked in front of Saul. Because all the, the Israelites are, are like shocked that David isn't freaked right out. And so they report David back to the king. And Saul calls him in. Amazing. So David says, don't let your hearts fail. <laughs> Why? I've had a lion. I've done this to a bear. Nope. Was no big deal to him. Why? Because he was prepared. And fourth, a place of stewardship. I mentioned this last week, and I think this is really important. I'm going to use Joshua, if you don't mind. You're the first person that came to my mind. I've heard it said that you're a musician. I've heard it said over Joshua that he would write music. And that he would lead in worship songs that God has put into him. What are you doing about it, Josh? Do you have some songs? I don't want an answer. I'm just, you don't have to confess to me. <laughs> this is not what this is about. Do you, does he have songs? We go down to a, a conference, wherever we go. All of a sudden, the guy has laryngitis that's supposed to be leading worship that night. Do we have any worship leaders in the crowd? And I push Joshua up there because I know he's a worship. And Joshua is petrified, speechless. Or does he pull out his guitar and is he ready? That's David. Goliath, it's no big deal. Are you stewarding? Are you stewarding what God has put into you? I know several of you with calls of God on your life. Have you prepared a sermon lately? Have you practiced your evangelism techniques? Are you even in that mind space? Are you in the mind space of your calling? Last week, I think the line is, when your moment of greatness comes, are you ready to be great? David was. Why? He's tending the sheep. As he tended the sheep, God prepared him. As he prepared the sheep, God trained him. As he tended the sheep, he, did, he wasn't influenced by the noise. When he tended the sheep, he built this root system inside of him. That was packed with confidence. That was packed with courage. And when his moment of greatness came, he did not cower in fear. Building your belief system. Pastor David spoke on that a couple weeks ago. Building your faith system. Building your root system. How does your root, your faith system get built up? Your belief system? By, is it created by the noise? 
Listen to the words of Jesus. Be it, be it unto you according to your, your faith. Well, what is your faith in? Is it in fear? Is it in the noise? Is it in the confusion? Or is it in God's word? You, we listen to, us young adults, we listened to an amazing sermon the other night, a month ago. You are no greater than your belief system. Dr. Mike Brown says the most important picture you can have is of yourself. Because if you don't believe that you are worthy and accepted, it doesn't matter how great God is because you're not going to go to him. If you don't have a proper identification tag and know who you are and know what you believe... You won't go to God. You'll forget God in the noise. Just like the children of Israel did here. They forgot God. David shows up because he's been tending the sheep. He's packed full of confidence because he had a proper ident identity. Throw this slide up. Identifi identity. This is what man's word said about David. Throw it up. David, the shepherd boy. Where did you leave those few sheep, you shepherd boy? This is what God's word said about David. The next king, the shepherd of Israel. Next one. Jesse called him, you're my delivery boy. What does God call David? The deliverer. He delivered Israel that day. What picture do you have of yourself? It's not so bad to be called the goody two-shoes. That's not a bad thing. People might use that as an insult. But if you're a goody two-shoes, at least you're in right standing with God. You're, the, you're a son of God. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. Delivery boy or deliverer? Next one. David, the nobody. He was left out in the field when Samuel came. It was like, well, what, God, what would God ever want with him? Just leave him out in the field with the, the sheep. You know, he's a shepherd boy. He was the hero. He was a warrior. He rescued the nation that day. What are you hearing? Are you listening to the noise? Are you listening to the circumstance? Are you listening to the Goliath? Are you looking at the mountain? Are you looking at the mountain? This is... I'm going to put my notes away. We're not going to go through any more notes. This, this is what God is talking to me about. In worship. Jesus said to do what to the mountain? Speak to the mountain. You know what we do to the mountain? 
we look at it. We meditate on it. We think about it. We never speak to it. I decided to look up that passage about speaking to the mountain. Matthew 21. Jesus sees a fig tree. Sees a root system. And it's growing. But it's not producing anything. A fig tree. Jesus walks by the fig tree and he's hungry and there's nothing on the fig tree. Except a bunch of leaves that are taking up energy, taking up space, taking up ground space, using up precious resources, but producing nothing. What do you have in your life that is producing nothing? What noise is there that is doing nothing for you? After Eliab says everything he has to say about David, you know what the next verse says? David turned from him. It's exact words from King James himself. There was Goliath, then there was little mini-me spouting off Goliath, and David turned from him. Didn't try to fix him, didn't try to preach to him, didn't try to pray for him, didn't try to pat him on the head, said, now, now, Eliab, I know it's been a hard couple years. You're going to be my servant in my court one day. No, didn't, no, no, he turned from him, turned from the noise. What root system are you letting grow? You know what Jesus did to that fig tree? Didn't say, oh, let's give it a couple more years. He said, this tree has had long enough. And it's taking up precious time, precious energy, precious resources. You know what he did to it? He cursed it. And it says in the next scripture verse, the disciples were shocked by how fast that root system died. There are root systems in every one of us. I'm not exempt. We all have root systems. I might, you know, I may have some root systems that you don't know about. There might be some root systems that I've already killed off. But we all have root systems and we need to manage them. And managing them doesn't mean tolerating them. That is not a management system. 
What did David do when he went to Goliath? He didn't stand there and look at Goliath for not even a minute. He didn't sit there and look at Goliath thinking, okay, how am I going to get past the shield barrier, bearer? And once I get past the shield bearer, I got to make sure I don't get hit with that spear that he's got. And then I got to be careful of that sword. And I'm going to go over to that spot and I'm going to kneel down and I'm going to wind up. You know what it says? He spoke to him. How dare you defy and taunt and criticize and complain about the armies? He spoke and then he ran at him. Yes. We tolerate root systems in our lives way too long. And before you know it, you can't get rid of them anymore. God is saying, what root system have you allowed to grow that does not produce anything in your life? There are no figs coming. In John 15, he talks about Jesus being the true vine and where the branches. What happens to the branches that do not produce? They get cut off. And we allow systems, things in our life that are just taking up our time. They take up our energy. They take up precious money, resources. And we got nothing left for our assignment, nothing left for our calling, nothing left for a Sunday morning to inject into the body. We got nothing left. Why? Because of this root system that is taking up all of our time and energy. We need to start speaking to some of the noise in our life. The title for that segment I had, it's called Resist. David resisted. He did not assimilate. He did not tolerate. He resisted. And God is saying there are some root systems that you need to resist. There are some root systems. I was riding my bike the other day. And I started praying for some people. Not anybody here. <laughs> but the message might apply to somebody here. Most of us. And I said, God, just reveal yourself to those people. God, reveal. Reveal. And you know what? <laughs> you know what the words were? This is what God said. They don't need any more revelation. They just need a good dose of repentance. They already know enough. They've already seen enough. We don't need revelation on how to change and make that fig tree produce. You need to get out the shovel. 
We don't need more revelation. We need to repent. We need to reverse. We need to change. Jesus, in that same passage, and that's why he came upon the fig tree. After he speaks to the fig tree, he looks at his disciples and says, you know, you can speak to your mountain. Do not stand there and contemplate your mountain. Oh, my goodness, I really went over time. Do not, do not contemplate. Don't meditate on your mountain. Don't think about it. Don't let it take up that time and energy. Speak to it. And don't go all raw, raw one day and speak to it and then just forget about it. Speak to it day after day. Day after day, speak to it. Maybe God's testing your tenacity and your persistence. Speak to it daily. Speak to it every day. No, this is not going to have victory. No, I'm not going to allow this. And speak against it. Resist it daily. Speak against it. Don't give up after one week. Don't just get emotional about it this week and say, I'm going to speak to that mountain every day and then forget about it. No. Be, be consistent. That's what tending the sheep was for David. It represented consistency. He would go back, fulfill his assignment for his father, go back. Got anointed by Samuel. I'm going back. Consistency, faithfulness. Speak consistently, faithfully to that mountain. Speak to it. Literally, say it out loud. Say it out loud. No, I, I, I continuously do that to myself. No, I'm not going to think that way. Not going down that road. Not going there. That's the wrong direction. Nope. Speak to it. Speak to it. You do it, that root system will dry up. That mountain will move. It will move. Amen? Let's all stand and pray. And I'm sorry I took so long. I didn't realize I just got going there. I'm really sorry. If the, anybody has any burned food... Just let me know and I'll send Brenda over and recook it for you. <laughs> if you have any burnt food, I'm sorry. But that last part there, that was just God speaking to me this morning. Root systems got to go. Heavenly Father, this morning, we just stand in your presence. Lord, we no longer want to cower in fear. We do not want to be subject to confusion or panic or worry or fear. That is not the life that you called us to. That is not the life you called us to. You called us to fruitfulness. You called us to dominion, overcoming. You called us to multiplication. You called us to blessing. Lord, this morning, I pray that we will all develop spiritual backbone. Lord, 
we will resist the onslaught of noise. We will speak against the noise. Lord, instead of a poison pot, we will pick the honey pot. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatever things call for blessing and for life, those are the things we will think on and speak on. That is what you have called us to. Lord, this morning we, will, we dedicate ourselves to speaking life, to speaking victory, to speaking encouragement. And we will not develop a language of poison, a language of death, a language of defiance, a language of Goliath. In the name of Jesus, Lord, here we are. Here we are, Lord. Put us in remembrance Help us to remember. Lord, we dedicate ourselves to remembering. We will make notes. We will write ourselves a, an alarm, whatever. We will build remembrance into our lifestyle. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said,